Please listen carefully. Hello and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm Kate Orslan. And I'm John Haley. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. The information, forms, and laws referenced in this episode are accurate as of the date this episode is first released. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hi, Kate. Hello, John. How are you? You know, I'm here. I don't know when this is coming out, so maybe I won't be physically in my house by that point. Time is a flat circle. We don't. Time means nothing, honestly. Time is a point. construct. It is a construct, and you know what? It doesn't really matter. What the, What is today? What is tomorrow? What is yesterday? Nothing means anything anymore. It and doesn't. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so hi. Hi, listeners. Welcome to Welcome Kate and John's to happy the existential crisis that we're right. currently having. Yeah, it's great. Join us. Um, today we are going to discuss our favorite topic. Probably not our favorite topic, but I'm really trying to pump it up here. Worker misclassification, which has been, in all honesty, a fairly hot topic for the past few years. Does anyone remember that store, Hot Topic? Anyways. I do. Um, I think it's still around. For, for now. <laughs> Not so long. Yeah. Ooh, tough. Ooh, mm. Sensitive subject. Um, it is estimated that there are about 214,000 misclassified workers in Virginia. That's a lot. It is a lot. And there's been a series of laws that passed the 2020 General Assembly that are aimed at changing that. These laws create a presumption that any individual who performs services for pay is an employee unless it is shown the individual is an independent contractor under the IRS guidelines. Right. So in plain English, this means that you should start from the position that anyone you pay to do work for you is an employee unless you are able to classify them as an independent contractor using the IRS guidelines. And that's important because the new laws create the right for the misclassified employee to sue and recover damages. Damages under the law include any wages, salary, employment benefits, including expenses incurred by the employee that would otherwise have been covered by insurance or other compensation lost to the individual, a reasonable attorney fee, and the costs incurred to bring the lawsuit. In addition, the Virginia Department of Taxation now has the authority to investigate and enforce worker misclassification. And in addition to investigating and enforcing, the Department of Taxation can issue civil penalties. These civil penalties are in addition to the damages owed to the misclassified worker and are progressive. I sounded really joyful about those civil penalties. You really did. I mean, we take <laughs> joy in it hard. In, we take joy in whatever we can find. Um, so this means that the first time you misclassify workers, the penalty is up to $1,000 per misclassified worker. The second time is up to $2,500 per misclassified worker. And any subsequent misclassifications would be up to $5,000 per misclassified worker. So now that we know why it is so important to properly classify workers, how do we know if someone is an employee or an independent contractor? Well, like we said at the beginning of this episode, in Virginia, you should start from the assumption that anyone you pay for services is an employee, and then you can see if you can classify them as an independent contractor under the IRS guidelines. 
Unfortunately, the IRS doesn't give a black and white answer as to how to determine if someone is an employee or an independent contractor. In fact, their website is explicit that businesses must weigh all the factors provided and that there is no magic or set number of factor that makes the worker an employee or an independent contractor. The IRS says that the keys are to look at the entire relationship, consider the degree or extent of the right to direct and control, and finally, to document each of the factors used in coming up with the determination. So what are the factors that you have to look at? There are three main categories, behavioral, financial, and type of relationship. Now, behavioral control deals with the right to direct or control how the worker does the work. Um, and Katie, I, I will defer to you as the parents of uh, older children than me about behavioral control, especially in these times. <laughs> um, uh, I have none. Um, <laughs> record. <laughs> so in this instance, behavioral control includes the type of instructions given, when and where to do the work, what tools or equipment to use, what work must be done or performed by a specified individual, and what order or sequence to follow when performing the work. Behavioral also looks at the degree of instruction. The more detailed the instructions, the more control the business exercises over the worker. And you also need to look at evaluations and training. If an evaluation system measures the details of how the work is performed, and this would point to an employee. And training on how to do the job tends to indicate the job should be done a certain way and points to an employee-employer relationship. Ongoing training is an even stronger indication of an employer-employee relationship. In addition to behavioral control, another factor is financial control. Financial control is determined based on factors like significant investment in tools, whether expenses are reimbursed, opportunity for profit or loss, and method of payment. Independent contractors typically have significant investments in the tools they need to do their jobs, while employees have those tools provided for them. The final category of factors is the type of relationship. These factors look at whether there are written contracts, the permanency of the relationship, and whether the services provided are a key activity of the business. Now, it's important to note that a contract stating that someone is an independent contractor is not sufficient to determine the worker's status. However, a contract is essential in establishing that someone is an independent contractor. That's right, because another factor is the permanency of the relationship. If you hire a worker with the expectation that the relationship will continue indefinitely, rather than for a specific project or period, this is generally going to be evidence of the employer-employee relationship. Kate. It's that time. It is. Let's go to the legal hotline. Question. If I hire an unlicensed assistant and we have a signed independent contractor agreement, is that enough? Probably not. The IRS is very clear that a signed contract creating an independent contractor relationship is not enough to make someone an independent contractor you would need to look at the rest of the factors focusing on the right to direct or control your assistant's work. John. Yes. It seems like my firm can exert a lot of control over me. Is it possible that I've been misclassified as an agent? First of all, this person who submitted this question seems like they've got some stuff to work through, so we hope you, you get there. <laughs> um, while possible, the IRS has another type of worker classification called statutory non-employee which directly addresses real estate licensees. 
Under this classification, real estate agents are treated as self-employed, in parentheses, independent contractors, if, one, substantially all payments for their services are directly related to sales or other output, rather than the number of hours worked, and services are performed under a written contract providing that they will not be treated as employees for federal tax purposes. All right, Kate, last question. Does this mean any plumber, photographer, or stager I hire is an employee? Again, you will need to look at all the factors, but these individuals are less likely to be employees. In general, you are hiring this person to use their own tools to complete a specific task, and they are able to have other clients they work for. If you are hiring a stager that will be using your furniture and decorating items, you train them how to stage properties and they don't have other clients, this person is more likely to be an employee than an independent contractor. So with all that said, how can you, our listeners, limit your risk? Well, first, make sure you know the difference between an employee and an independent contractor. Properly classify any person that you pay for work. And if you still aren't sure, the IRS allows you to file a determination of worker status for purposes of federal employment, taxes, and income tax withholding form. Man, they really know how to work They're a really title, label. don't they? Who's, who's making these, these form names? Or as you guys probably know it, Form SS-8. This four-page form goes into great detail on a number of factors, and after submission, the IRS will issue an official determination of the worker's status. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes, and rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab on the four members section. Make sure you are logged in to see this page. Thanks. Bye. Well, the members of this podcast are attorneys. The legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice. An attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service. It does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors Copyright 2020. This podcast features the song Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.